0: love us beyond measure and on a day today when we celebrate what love is all about we thank you that each of us may have our hearts touched by your spirit that each of us will know what it is to be truly loved in jesus name amen okay well it's lovely to be here to spend some time talking with you on mother's day And it's a day when we traditionally celebrate love. Now, a good friend of mine sent me something which I thought you might quite like to hear. And it's um, to those who have children in our lives, whether they're our own, our grandchildren, our nieces, our nephews, students, godchildren, and bearing in mind that we all were children once, but I thought this is something that might make you chuckle. Whenever our children are out of control, you can take great comfort from the thought that even God's omnipotence did not extend to his own children. After creating heaven and earth, God created Adam and Eve and the first thing he said was don't. Don't what? Adam replied. Don't eat the forbidden fruit, God said. Forbidden fruit? We have forbidden fruit. Hey, Eve, we've got forbidden fruit. No way. Yes way. Do not eat the fruit, said God. Why? Because I'm your father and I said so. God replied, wondering why he hadn't stopped creation after making the elephants. A few minutes later, God saw his children having a fruit break and he was ticked didn't I tell you not to eat the fruit God asked "Uh uh-huh Adam replied then why did you said the father I don't know said Eve she started it Adam said did not did too did not having had it with the two of them God's punishment was that Adam and Eve should have children of their own thus the pattern was set and has never been changed but there is reassurance in the story. If you have persistently and lovingly tried to give children wisdom and they, haven't taken, and they haven't taken it, don't be hard on yourself. If God had trouble raising children, what makes you think it would be a piece of cake for you? <clears throat> and some things to think about. You spend the first two years of their life teaching them to walk and talk. Then you spend the next 15 telling them to sit down and shut up. Grandchildren are God's reward for not killing your children. Mothers of teens now know why some animals eat their young. Children seldom misquote you. In fact, they usually repeat word for word what you shouldn't have said in the first place. The main purpose of holding children's parties is to remind yourself that there are children more awful than your own. We child-proofed our homes but they're still getting in. Advice for the day. Be nice to your kids because they will choose your nursing home one day. And finally, if you have a lot of tension and get a headache, do what it says on the aspirin bottle take two aspirin and keep away from children. Now, I think that reminds us that we need to keep a sense of humour in our lives. But on a more serious note, on this Mother's Day, as we celebrate love, we can all truly celebrate that we are children of God. So, let's think for a moment about the love given by all of us as mothers and fathers, grandmothers and grandfathers, uncles and aunts, godparents, and experienced by all of us from our mothers. On the one hand, human love can be, among other things, constant, true and simple, long-suffering, committed, because God created love created us to love and to be in relationships with each other. On the other hand, it can be complicated, even messy and sometimes fractured because we're human beings and we still live in a sinful world. And in life, stuff happens and often things don't seem to go at all the way we thought they would. For many of us, it'll be an encouragement to know the following results of a large survey. When children are four years of age, they say, my mummy can do anything. At eight years of age, my mum knows a lot, a whole lot. At 12 years of age, my mother doesn't really know quite everything. At 14 years of age, naturally, mother doesn't know that either. At 16 years of age, mother she's hopelessly old-fashioned at 18 years of age that old woman she's way out of date at 25 years of age well she might know a little bit about it at 35 years of age before we decide let's get mum's opinion at 45 years of age wonder what mum would have thought about it and at 65 years of age I wish I could talk it over with mum so after a little fun let's get back this morning to think about the original source of real love the simple biblical truth is that God created each of us out of his love because he wants to love and cherish us as he intended to in an active and ongoing relationship with himself He then wants that love to flow through us to others in all the ways that he intended. In 1 Peter 4 verse 8 we're told, Above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. We understand then that we all have a basic human need, a hunger and a yearning to love and to be loved. But as we know, sin came into the world and threw a spanner in the works. So God then, out of his amazing love, sent his only son, Jesus Christ, to die for our sins and make these loving relationships possible again. He did this to show the depth. Whoever believes in him should not perish. To show the length that he gave his only begotten son to show the breadth God so loved the world and the height but shall have everlasting love of his love for us. When we accept Jesus Christ as our Saviour and Lord, he gives us his Holy Spirit in our hearts, not only as a seal or a guarantee of our eternal life, but to enable us then to love others as he loves them, whether they be our brothers and sisters in Christ or whether they be people who are not yet in any real relationship with God or with us. On this Mother's Day in 2013, because we're children of God, let us spend a few minutes talking about three things. Firstly, what God's love is like. Secondly, how God continually shows us his love. And thirdly, how it's our responsibility to love as God has commanded us to. That is, how we show his love in practice. And for that, we look at 1 Corinthians chapter 13, which was read to us before. But firstly, what is God's love like? Now, God's love has many more aspects that we can even think about this morning. We haven't got time to look at them all. So let's just mention a few. First, it's free. Romans 3:23 and 24 tells us, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified freely through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. That is, first God acts and then we respond it's undeserved it's a it is a love for the utterly unworthy a love which comes from a god who is love that is it comes from his very nature and it's a love lavished on us whether we're worthy or not this is the love jesus said which has to distinguish and control our Christian community. And if we are to be recognised as Christians and if Jesus is to be recognised as God's Son, the Saviour of the world, it's unreserved. God doesn't put conditions or limits on his salvation or on his love for us. And God not only forgives, but he forgets, our sins it's boundless God's love for us goes into eternity Romans 8 tells us for I'm convinced that neither death nor life neither angels nor demons neither the present nor the future nor any powers neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. It's forgiving. God understands our human failures and He's there to pick us up when we stumble. He forgives us our humble confessions and you know He loves us even more because of them. It's constant, it's never ceasing or wavering. In John 15, verse 9, Jesus said, As the Father has loved me, so I love you, now remain in my love. It's empowering. God's love for us gives us great freedom to love and to be loved. In Philippians 1 verse 9 Paul says, And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight. And we're told that we have a spirit of love, a spirit of power and a spirit of self-control. And it's encouraging. 1 Corinthians 2.9 talks about the riches he has for us and throughout the New Testament we are encouraged to keep on keeping on because the rewards are eternal. And it's fulfilling Romans 13.10 tells us that love is the fulfilment of the law. God's love gives reason and meaning to our lives, Gives us a strength of purpose when we have to face whatever the world dishes out. It's tender. Imagine a mother's gentle, loving touch for her newborn baby and multiply that beyond our imagination. For that's how tender God's love is towards us. It's all-knowing. God knows our thoughts and our feelings even before we're aware of them ourselves. He sees what's in our heart of hearts and he continues to pour his love into us to cancel out hurts and unhappiness if we will allow him to but it's also tough love which refines molds and reshapes us into the people God would have us be in John 15 Jesus tells us I am the true vine and my father is the gardener he cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes that it would be even more fruitful neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me and secondly this is the kind of God who continually shows us his love we've already seen that he forgives and he forgets our sins when we're truly sorry and he is continually making us into better people as we allow him to do so but he promises to put our, sorry, he promises that we can put our complete trust in him, and he will help us to face whatever each day brings. He promises to meet all our needs, physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual. He actively cherishes us and encourage encourages us both through his spirit and his word he continually pours his love into our hearts so that we in turn can truly love others he tells us we should be anxious for nothing as we seek to live our day-to-day lives this is a great comfort when we live in the turbulent world of 2013 He gives us the power to live the kind of lives we need to as his witnesses in the world and the strength and the courage to follow his plan for our lives. And the third thing we look at this morning is our responsibility to live the lives of practical love that Jesus has commanded us to do. Now showing practical love for others means our concern for them is greater than our concern for ourselves for love to be practical you have to do something with it as the following story illustrates this is an eyewitness account of something that happened in the city of new york on a cold day in december some time ago a little boy about 10 years old was standing before a shoe store on broadway barefooted, peering through the window and shivering with cold. A lady approached the boy and said, My little fellow, why are you looking so earnestly in that window? I was asking God to give me a pair of shoes, was the boy's reply. The lady took him by the hand and went into the store and asked the clerk to get half a dozen pairs of socks for the boy. And then she asked if he could give her a basin and water and towel. He replied certainly and quickly brought them to her. She took the little fellow to the back of the store and removing her gloves, knelt down, washed his little feet and then dried them with the towel. By this time, the clerk had come back with the socks. Placing a pair upon the boy's feet, she purchased him a pair of shoes and tying up the remaining pairs of socks, gave them to him. She patted him on the head and said, My little fellow, do you feel more comfortable now? And as she turned to go, the astonished lad caught her by the hand and looking up in her face with tears in his eyes, answered the question with these words, Are you God's wife? Now learning to love unselfishly is not easy because it goes against our self-centred nature. But Jesus showed us how important love is when he said your strong love for each other will prove to the world that you are my disciples. If we look at the passage in 1 Corinthians that Bruce read this morning out of the message version in terms of practical love we see that it's a real challenge to us both as members of the Christian church in general and more specifically as the body of Christ here in St. Matthew's. And this is because it covers weaknesses, gaps, failures and sins which are found in any Christian community and which need to be addressed. But it also shows us how much of a difference love put into practice makes. These words cut us down to size. They humble us because we begin to see what really matters to God. They redirect us to our true calling. Verses 1 to 3 spell out why Christian Christian community life without God is worse than nothing. And verses 4 to 7, we're given a very punchy description of what love is, what love's not and what love does. And finally in verses 8 to 13 we're given a vivid picture of the lasting and eternal quality of love which outlives both knowledge and spiritual gifts. So let's have a quick look at some of these verses. Verses 1 to 3, If I speak with human eloquence and angelic ecstasy but don't love, I'm nothing but the creak of a rusty gate. If I speak God's word with power, revealing all his mysteries and making everything as plain as day. And if I have a faith that says to a mountain, jump and it jumps, but I don't have love, I'm nothing. If I give everything I own to the poor and even go to the stake to be burned as a martyr, but I don't love, I've gotten nowhere. So no matter what I say, what I believe and what I do, I'm bankrupt without love. So what do these verses tell us? Verse 1 tells us without love, whatever we do will offend other people. Verse 2 tells us that without love, we are nothing. And verse 3 tells us that without love, we gain nothing. The next section of the passage looks at the nature of love by talking about both what it is and what it's not in quite a graphic way. Love never gives up. Cares more for others than for for itself. Doesn't want what it doesn't have. Doesn't strut. Doesn't have a swelled head. Doesn't force itself on others. Isn't always me first. Doesn't fly off the handle. Doesn't keep score of the sins of others. Doesn't revel when others grovel. Takes pleasure in the flowering of truth puts up with anything trusts God always always looks for the best never looks back but keeps going to the end these verses show us how a person filled with God's love should and should not behave and notice that the language is all in the continuous present tense so it applies to Christians everywhere and in all times and it also shows that the bad habits are the ones that should be done away with and the good habits are the ones that we need to keep working at so that they become habits worth having and if we use Jesus and his love as our yardstick we see immediately that the negative things which are part of our sinful nature need to be put aside they need to be given to God to deal with because they don't show what real followers of Jesus are like. Things such as being self-centred, wanting things we don't have instead of enjoying the things that we do have, strutting around as though we're important, being jealous and resentful of gifts that our brothers and sisters might have, competing for more recognition or for honour and glory. They all have to go. And by contrast, Jesus, the very Son of God on earth, just went quietly about doing God's business. He rejoiced in the success of others. He encouraged them to go on with sensitive wisdom while never putting down or ignoring anyone. And he never blew his own trumpet. So as a description of us in this passage, if we're moved by and filled with the love of God, tells us love never gives up. Love takes pleasure in the flowering of truth. Love puts up with anything, trusts God always, always looks for the best, never looks back but keeps going till the end. Now this is only as we really accept ourselves as we are in Christ Jesus and are filled with his love and his power and it's only then that we can see our own self-centeredness and move forward with God's help to change the things in us that need changing so that God's love can be seen in every area of our lives and so that people see a real difference about us, about the way we live and they find it's something that they want as well. Now, the temptations will always be there for us because Satan tries to trip us up at every turn and because there are always some people who just seem to know what buttons to press to cause negative reactions in us. In this situation, we need to face our own touchiness and to deal with it. Jesus showed us how in the patience that he showed with his disciples, who he loved until the end. And that's in John 13, verse 1. If we can truly love someone with Jesus' love, we will see their potential and their strengths rather than their weaknesses or their annoying little habits. Because looking at them through the eyes of Jesus means that we are able to forgive and to forget. And we all know how perverse human nature can be. And so we're challenged not to fall into the trap of finding a strange kind of comfort when others fail or fall. And this is what it means in this chapter when it says, Love doesn't, gro- love doesn't revel when others grovel. The true love of God is our gift from him and it's the only love which enables us to bear, to believe, to hope and to endure. It gives us the strength to cope with everything we might face and to know that God knows where, where he's taking us and that we need to let go and trust him in all things. And the rest of the chapter then focuses on the endlessness of love. Love never dies. What an amazing promise. What a fantastic promise. It means God's love in us can keep us from falling, folding under any kind of pressure. Everything else will pass away but love which carries to eternity. That is, love will last forever and ever and it's no accident that these are the last words of the Lord's Prayer. And be very clear, we will be evaluated on our love. Jesus said, I truly I tell you as you did it to one of those who are the members, the least of those who are the members of my family, you did it to me. And that's in Matthew twenty five, verse forty. And because it is so important, we need to put time into loving, and we lead to, need to love now. Because we have no guarantees about our tomorrows on this earth. The passage then tells us that when the complete arrives, All the incompletes will be cancelled. And Paul illustrates this with two examples. Growing from childhood to adulthood and looking at things through a mist until Christ returns when we shall see him clearly face to face. Only then will we reach full maturity as Christians and will we then know God as he knows us. And the chapter finishes with focus on faith, hope and love of which the very greatest is love. God wants us to love everyone but he wants us to show special love for our brothers and sisters in Christ. And in 1 Peter 2 we are told to show proper respect for everyone, love the brotherhood of believers and fear God and Galatians 5 verse 6 tells us the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love the very essence of this whole chapter is that life without love is worthless so if we think about it relationships are what life is all about now did you realize that four of the ten commandments deal with our relationship to God and the other six deal with our relationship with people. So loving God and loving each other is what God expects us to do. So to sum up, what we've talked about this morning and particularly in 1 Corinthians 13 provide us with a great challenge because the kind of love described in these verses is only possible because God puts it there in the first place through Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. As the body of Christ here at St. Matt's, we need to face the challenge of the kind of life that's expected of us, because the very basis of our influence over others is love. And we can only really love others because God first loved us. And as we've said, learning to love unselfishly is not an easy task, but God is very patient with us as we try to look outwards to really see others and their need for love. And as we have fellowship together regularly, we find that love blossoms within and between us. Are we up to the challenge? A famous Christian writer once suggested that the letters in the word love stood for the following. Love stands for listening when another is speaking. O stands for overlooking petty faults and forgiving all failures. V stands for valuing other people for who they are and E stands for expressing love in a practical way. May each one of us apply this as we leave here today. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for the depth of your love for us. And on this day of all days when we celebrate love of mothers for their children and the wider concept of family love and love in our community, May you teach us what we need to learn. May you give us opportunities to show your love in ways that we never expected to see. And we thank you that your love and your power is the greatest of all and that your love is beyond measure. In Jesus' name, amen.